Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Once again, it's time for FOMO Friday. (laughs) Yes, we bring to you the FOMO Friday report, which, of course, is where we bring you stories that you may not have heard about, and especially if you're not plugged in the corporate media. Uh, These are stories that you should know about, and we're going to keep you informed, and that way you have no fear of missing out. And today we're going to start off with uh, the wonderful state of California (laughs) and their their electricity problems. Uh, Days, just days ago, uh, this is from the Daily Wire, officials in California unveiled a plan to phase out new gas-powered cars. Yes, yes, don't worry about about this because they're only phasing out the cars that run on gas. (laughs) Now, Officials are asking residents to avoid charging their electric vehicles in the interest of not overwhelming the power grid. Wow. The Western United States is, is facing a likely prolonged and record heat wave that, that could lead to temperatures as high as 115 degrees Fahrenheit there. Now, according to the National Weather Service, you know this could be a real problem uh, for some time. And as a result, the California Independent System Operator is seeking to bring all available resources online to handle higher electricity demand and expects to issue voluntary emergency um, cons- uh, conservation notices over the, Le- the Labor Day weekend. Now, the, the top three um, conservation actions are set are to set your thermostats to 78 degrees uh, or, or higher, of course. Avoid using large appliances and and charging electric vehicles and turn off unnecessary lights. Now, this is according to the American Public Power Association. Now, during a flex alert, residences, uh, residents are encouraged to reduce energy consumption from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the hours in which the demand for electricity remains high and there is less solar energy available. Now, California also experienced a round of blackouts during last year's Liberty Weekend, and the state issued flex alerts because grid operators predicted an increase in electricity demand, (laughs) primarily from air conditioning units, um, and, and of course related to the extreme temperatures. Now, the warnings of low grid capacity come days after the California Air uh, Resources Board issued new rules requiring, get this, 35% of new vehicles to produce zero emissions by 2026. We're talking four years from now. They want to to make sure that over a third of all new vehicles are basically electric vehicles, right? A standard which will rise, to get this, over two-thirds, 68% benchmark, by 2030, four years later, and a 100% level by 2035. Yet, experts have warned that the state's electrical grid will require significant upgrades, no kidding, right, to manage a rapid transition away from internal combustion vehicles. Quote, today, most people charging their electric cars when they come home in the evening and when electricity demand is typically at its peak, 
according to researchers at Cornell University's College of Engineering. Quote, if left unmanaged, the power demanded from many electric vehicles charging simultaneously in the evening will amplify existing peak loads, uh, potentially outstripping the grid's current capacity to meet demand, unquote. (laughs) Now, the, the legislators of Massachusetts, Washington, and Virginia have previously passed laws conforming their states to standards approved by the California Air Resources Board. However, officials in Virginia, at least, have denounced the state's laws uh, and they, they say greenlit last year when, of course, Democrats controlled their, their General Assembly and are seeking to repeal them. And obviously that's a little more sense, uh, sensical in an effort to turn Virginia into California. Liberal politicians who previously ran our government sold Virginia out by subjecting Virginians uh, Virginia drivers to California vehicle laws. This this is actually a quote from Governor Glenn Youngkin. Uh, and he also wrote, uh, now under the pact, Virginia's will, uh, Virginians will be forced to adopt the California law that prohibits the sale of gas and diesel-fueled vehicles. I am already at work to prevent this ridiculous edict from being forced on Virginians. And Californians uh, uh, out of touch laws have no place in our Commonwealth. Wow, you know, talk about somebody who has a little bit of common sense, right? On a on a national level, Democratic officials have been similarly eager to phase out internal combustion engines uh, while uh, incentivizing the purchase of electric cars. The Inflation Reduction Act, <laughs> as as you know, we we covered this Inflation Reduction Act here on the podcast, and it was something that President Joe Biden signed earlier this month. Uh, it, it greenlit seven seven thousand five hundred dollars uh, in tax credits for the purchase of new electric vehicles, even as Ford and GM raised their electric vehicle prices. You got it by approximately the same amount. <laughs> so so. So people that 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 throw things away um, before they buy new ones are I, I have a little bit of, of a of an issue with those type of people. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you know, the types that, you know, they're they're not savers, they're throwers and and they'll go through the house or they'll go through the garage or whatever the case may be. And they will start throwing stuff away. Right. Oh, well, you know, this is kind of worn out or whatever. And, oh, we'll, we'll buy a new one. Well, this kind of reminds me of that. So in other words, what they've done is they've closed these power plants because, oh, we're saving the earth. You know, we, we want people to, to not use gasoline and we want people to, to, to get off of coal and all this kind of stuff, right? All these things without actually having any kind of plan of what's going to happen to bolster that same electrical grid. Because there's not enough electricity for everybody to be on electric cars. We can see this right now. I mean, there's not enough right now. There's not enough electricity for everyone. And they're going to have to obviously enact some of these things, which will get people off of electricity. But isn't that what they're trying to force people to do with their cars? They're trying to force everybody into electric vehicles. And 100% in California you within 2035 everything's got to be electric when it comes to vehicles being sold brand new ones 
So th- this is ridiculous. This is this is putting the the the, the cart before the horse. The, we we don't have the capacity in the electrical grid, and yet we're forcing everybody to go to that same grid. You know, don't plug in your car when you get home. I mean, when are you going to pl- plug it in? If you're gone, are you going to plug it in? I mean, I, I know what they want you to do. They want you to try to go to one of these stations, which of course charges you and all this kind of stuff. And plug it in there, but you're still using the same electricity. So do we do we uh, do I have to plug it in after 9 p.m. or what? What's going to go on here? This is ridiculous. Um, and and here's the other ridiculous point. When when uh, this crazy Inflation Reduction Act, which of course did the opposite, uh, it, when they gave these tax tax credits, they said, "Wow, we're just going to make it a lot easier for you to get an electric vehicle." Well, $7,500 isn't a lot easier. But anyway, that subsidy just got soaked up by the car makers themselves. They said, oh, well, great. Everybody's getting $7,500 or $7, uh, more. So, yeah, well, guess what? Our cars now cost $7,500 more. So you're not getting a subsidy at all, right? And and, and on top of that, here's, a, here's another story. California planned to shut down... Um, the uh, last year, the, their last nuclear power plant, and it could definitely add to what we were just talking about. Senator Fian, uh, uh, Diane Feinstein. Now she talk about crazy. Okay, <laughs> there, there's, there's few that are crazier than Senator Diane Feinstein. Uh, she's from, a Democrat from California, and she urged California officials to keep the state's last nuclear power plant facility open and continuous. Uh, through the turmoil of the electrical grid. Here's somebody who's, I, like I say, she's she's probably the craziest senator in the U.S. Senate. And yet even she is trying to tell California, don't shut down your nu- nuclear power plants. According to the lawmaker, Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant is responsible for 8% of the overall energy and 17% of the carbon-free energy in the Golden State. In 2016, however, the, the California legislature approved a plan to decommission the facility. Wait a minute, we're talking about a nuclear power plant. This does not release any kind of carbon into the air, but they're going to close it anyway. Beyond the state of California, other officials across the globe are urging a rapid transition toward renewable energy despite crippling energy shortages. Through natural gas prices in Germany, um, they, they've they've soared to a, uh, an order uh, of of um, just h- higher than usual uh, uh, prices, leading to some Germans to store firewood to heat their homes through the winter because they know they're, they're that there's a really good chance that they're going to have to use it in order to stay warm. Uh, Tesla and SpaceX CEO, even Elon, uh, Elon Musk. Um, he, he cautioned on Monday that the global economy is at risk by rushing renewable energy adoption. So even he says that, quote, realistically, I think we need to use oil and gas in the short term. That's what he said, because otherwise civilization will crumble. One of the biggest challenges the world has and has ever faced is the transition to sustainable energy and to uh, sustainable e- uh, to a sustainable economy that will take some decades to complete in his estimation. So, so even though nuclear power, power, like I say, is carbon free, 
they're going to shut it down. Even though they don't have enough electricity, they're going to shut it down. This is an example of what this is really about. What, what is really driving this? What is behind it? And it is about limiting human interaction with the earth. That's what it's about. Okay, that's why there's individuals, really wealthy individuals that are buying up land and they're they're closing it off and saying you humans can't go there. Right. Uh, Because, you know, birds need to migrate or something, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different things, excuses they make. But what their goal is, is to not allow human interaction with the earth. Um, and, and, And it's all done forcibly. It, it, it's it's all done not out of of uh, the free will of, of me and, and me saying you know what I think I'll do things a little bit differently again I don't even I do not subscribe to the climate change theory right and so because I don't they're going to try to force me to do it and this is what they're doing and and in fact here's here's another story in the 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 future is here in other words smart thermostat company Excel locks Colorado thermostats to not go below 78 degrees to conserve energy. That's what I said. In Colorado, the smart uh, thermostat company, Excel, locked out thousands of customers, refusing to let them set their thermostats below the terrarium-like 78 degrees during a heat wave. Yeah, this 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 article is from Not The Bee, and they said that uh, this happened to 22,000 Coloradans. Um, it, quote, it's a voluntary program. Let's remember that this is something that customers chose to be a part of based on, on incentives. And this is actually from Emmett Romain, who, who's the vice president of customer solutions and innovation at Excel. Now, customers received a, a $100 credit for enrolling in this program to begin with, and then they saved $25 annually. But Romain said that customers also agreed to give up some control to save energy and money and make the system more reliable. Quote, so it helps everybody for people to participate in these programs. It is a bit uncomfortable for a short period of time, but it's very, very helpful, said Romain. (laughs) Right now, it's a voluntary program, but just wait until it's a government-declared climate emergency, right? That's, you know, that's where they're going. So the government has to, to gain access to your thermostat and it always starts voluntarily. It, it's, it's a, it, it's a private company, right? But we've never seen the government even hesitate to abuse technology from a private company for its own ends. And this would definitely be something that they want to try to go after. So, uh, again, these things you got to you got you're just going to have to watch. You're going to have to watch with a close eye and know that this is where they're headed. Um, Just like we did here in in, this podcast originates from the Pacific Northwest right around Portland. And Portland has become just a whole. I mean, Portland, in fact, here from the Daily Wire says that Portland, Oregon's police force has been anemic since the 2020 uh, racial unrest that led to riots, which partially explains why hoodlums are now running amok, even deploying a flamethrower. Yes, that's what I said. The the rioters deployed a flamethrower as they take over entire streets of the City of Roses. And like I say, we... 
we live very close to it. We don't live in it. Um, and, and, and every time we drive through it, you, you just can do nothing but shake your head. Uh, hundreds of individuals uh, took over a Portland intersection at uh, the, just this last Sunday, uh, Sunday evening, uh, for 90 minutes. At least one individual had a flamethrower, there's video of it, and three people were shot with one person that was actually killed. One neighbor told the news, uh, Coin6 News uh, there, that she witnessed as many as 500 people in the street as mayhem erupted. Quote, there were cars parked on the median, the eyewitness recalled. The entire intersection was completely taken over. Another neighbor explained that the area is home to many young and old people, thus making this incident even more concerning. She said, quote, I'm particularly concerned because there's a lot of children in the neighborhood, lots of elder uh, elders in the neighborhood, because there's a median folks are walking, uh, uh, walking around, uh, said one witness. Yet the same neighbor, get this. The same neighbor doesn't want to see these individuals thrown into the criminal justice system. Yeah, the same person who's complaining about it says, well, well I don't want them to go to jail. Quote, I don't want these kids arrested. The, <laughs> I want there to be alternatives that seem better than doing donuts in the middle of the street. Okay, so so we're, <laughs> we're, we're just going to try to create something that's more interesting than doing donuts in the middle of the street. <laughs> and then they'll stop doing it. Even if Portland police wanted to arrest the thugs involved. The department was simply stretched thin on Sunday due to several emergencies throughout the city. And the Associated Press reported that since 2020, Portland's police force has lost 237 sworn officers. The, the city defunded, of course, the, the department in 2020 at the request of Black Lives Matter, only to refund the police uh, force after a crime course just skyrocketed uh, last year and is continuing to do so this year. Uh, in early August, um, Portland Police Chief uh, Chuck Lovell uh, expressed concern for the, the city's future, even in the uh, inability to attract new officers. They, they can't get anybody to come. And, and, and rightfully so. Who would want to, right? He says, for me, I wonder what the profession is going to be in 20 years from now. And we're and if we're having these challenges on a nationwide scale, are we going to be able to recruit enough people to serve our cities? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think that's pretty clear, don't you? Uh, it would appear that Portland doesn't even have enough people to serve its city right now. Uh, and 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 Portland is the way it is right now because it's it's been under leftist leadership for a while now, and it's becoming a hellhole. It really is. It was It was a really, really nice place, and it was kind of a little bit quirky, but it was, oh, it was kind, of a, kind of a cool quirky, and, and, it, and, it, and there were a lot of neat things about it, but now it is just becoming a hole, and it literally looks like a third world country in many places of it now. I mean, just the other day, there was a guy, I, we're driving through there, there's a, there's a food cart we like to go to, really good, really good Chinese food there, and, and, uh, so we went down there to get our Chinese food. There's a guy standing just in the middle of the street, just looking around. Doesn't matter. He was, he was right in the middle of the way, just stoned out of his mind, I'm sure. But, you know, it, but, it, but it's, it, it's not just the fact that Oregon and Washington have, have legalized all drugs. They, 91% of Portland protests, uh, arrests are not even being prosecuted because of the, the, the DA there. So it's it's sad. It is a sad situation, but uh, but one that uh, will continue to get worse, I'm sure. 
Um, but here's here's an, here's something else that uh, is kind of interesting, and yet again maybe not so not so cool, right? Uh, Bank of America ri- is ripped over no down payment, no closing costs mortgage plan. Well, why why would they be ripped over that? That sounds great, right? Oh, but it's only for minorities. Bank of America is under fire for the new mortgage uh, lending program geared specifically to black and Hispanic home buyers, the Daily Wire reports. The, the loans to be made in select minority communities through the country require no down payment and no closing costs. Although white home buyers in those neighborhoods who meet certain criteria are eligible for the program, the, not, the Nor- North Carolina-based lender said it is designed explicitly for Black and Hispanics. Quote, our community affordable loan solution will help make the dream of sustained home ownership attainable for more Black and Hispanic families. And it is a part of our broader commitment to the community that we serve. This is A.J. Barkley, the head of a neighborhood and community lending for the Bank of America. The lending scheme called the Community Affordable Loan Solution is being rolled out in certain neighborhoods in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami. And it also has no minimum credit score requirement and buyers won't have to pay mortgage insurance. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Which buyers, of course, have to pay if they don't put down 20%. I mean, you you probably know that if if you uh, are in a mortgage uh, that you've gotten any time recently. California attorney. Uh, Hamid Dillon uh, said the program could potentially violate her state's, um, the, there, there's an act that, that, that they passed in 1959. It's a law that prohibits businesses from discriminating against customers based on various factors, including race, color, religion, ancestry, and national origin. She said that it could also uh, violate the Federal Consumer Credit Protection Act. Well, of course it does. I mean, how could it not? Uh, I mean, here, here's a situation, okay, where I, I hear all the time, all the time from, uh, from, from leftist liberals that, you know, boy, you know, when, when I say that, the, you know, there's, there's very little racism in our country today. Uh, and, and they'll say, well, what, what, what are you talking about? And I'll say, really, the racism today is against white people. That, that you don't have white privilege in this country. You have black privilege in this country. You can go back. We, we've, we've done podcasts on this, uh, and, and I've laid out what, what uh, reasoning I have for that. Um, and, and one of the things they'll say, well, well, wait, 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 wait. They'll say, what about red line and red line laws? Okay, what those are it, or what they were is that uh, there were certain banks and lending institutions that uh, – that had certain areas of, of, of certain communities where they hesitated to give loans to people uh, that were not white. Okay, that's racism. That, that shouldn't be the case. And of course, what happened was in 1968, the federal government passed the Fair Housing Act. Okay, in 1968, they passed the law that said you can't do that. Okay, and that's great. That's not that. That's wonderful. Okay, but just like Ibram X. Kendi says, the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. So what they're doing here 
is they're trying to say, hey, we're going to be racist. We're going to fight racism by being racist. We're going to be racist because racism existed, right? This this is ridiculous. And it, it, racism is racism and, and racism is wrong, okay? I mean, you have the right to be a racist if you want to. Um, it's, it's not biblical or anything like that, but you have the right to do it, but you don't have the right to do it under certain laws. If you are, let's say working for a lending institution or that type of thing, if you want to have those type of ideas personally or whatever, that is up to you. Just like you have the right to be wrong. Okay. Uh, about anything, but, but, but two wrongs don't make a right. My mom always said. And it's the same thing here. We, you cannot be a racist and say, well, I'm being a racist because there was racism way back when. That does not count, okay? That is not something that, that we should be abiding by. And so here, this is exactly what's happening here. They're saying that this is race, that, that, that even if this is racist, it's okay because people were racist and we're going to be racist now. All right, so getting on to Kansas teacher receives $95,000 settlement after a suspension for refusing to use student referral pronouns, preferred pronouns. Now, so I I wanted to end it with a couple of really good ones here. This one is from the Daily Wire. A Kansas teacher suspended for refusing to use a student's preferred pronouns and who said she was forced to hide the student's social uh, transition from their parents has been awarded $95,000 in a settlement, according to her legal representatives. Alliance Defending Freedom, or ADF, shared the news regarding the agreement, declaring a victory for free speech. No school district should ever force teachers to willfully deceive parents or engage in any speech that violates their deeply held religious belief. This is from uh, Tyson Landoffer, who is the director of the ADF. We've, uh, we're pleased to settle this case favorably on behalf of this teacher. And, and, uh, and of course, it is a win for uh, protecting uh, that teacher's freedom of, of speech. So basically what, is ha- what happened here was that the, this teacher was disciplined and, and was suspended. Why? Because she wouldn't use the student's preferred pronouns. And not only did this teacher, was she told not to use the, the pronouns, but she was to hide the student's gender transitioning from their parents. And when she wouldn't do that, then she got in trouble. That, this is a big win. This is a big win. And, and I think that, that more school districts need to be aware of what is happening with these things. They are putting themselves liable in a liable position when they start pulling stuff like this. And then they wonder why so many people are pulling their kids out of the public school system. In, in favor of, of homeschooling, in favor of private schooling, in, pra- in favor of charter schools. This is, this is another example of, of why parents are doing that, and they should not be surprised. And lastly, let's, let's, uh, I, I, I had to bring this to you. Alfredo sauce spills in Tennessee, which follows California tomato crash. <laughs> Alfredo sauce covered a portion of the interstate in Memphis, Tennessee last Tuesday. After an 18-wheeler crashed into a wall, prompting local authorities to shut down a portion of the highway. 
Fox 13 reported that the Tennessee Department of Transportation said the crash was reported around 4, uh, 4.30 for the, uh, to 5 o'clock. It says, you can smell it. <laughs> Memphis police confirmed the tractor trailer carrying the Alfredo sauce spilled on I-55, and it just made an absolute mess. I mean, there was Alfredo sauce everywhere. The semi-tractor trailer was demolished. Uh, and and uh, obviously, um, people that were traveling southbound were limited to one lane uh, on this on this thing. If you, if you bring it up, you can bring up the video of it. Uh, Memphis police told the author- uh, authorities um, responding that one woman from the scene had to be ho- hospitalized, but it was with non-critical uh, conditions. Uh, but And this, of course... Uh, was just 48 hours after California Highway Patrol officials reported a big rig carrying tens of thousands of tomatoes uh, traveling north on uh, the the California interstate crashed into two vehicles. And, of course, it lost all these tomatoes onto the road, which they, of course, had to close the road over. (laughs) So it says, those tomato skins, man, California Highway Patrol uh, person said, says, once they hit the asphalt, it's like walking on ice. <laughs> so you can imagine what's happening here. So, so obviously, you know, I mean, if, if you like Italian food, this, this is probably a good thing. Um, but I mean, uh, other than that, uh, <laughs> I think, I think this, this goes to show that, that we ha- have to ban all trucks hauling food really at this point, because you never know if there's going to be a dangerous spill. So just like the Keystone XL pipeline, you know, it, it, it could spill a little bit or something and, and cause some damage, cause some problems. So I think we need to shut down all trucks from carrying food from now on. I think that's, that's the logical thing to do. Uh, you may agree with me on that. You may, you may really like Italian food and, and not agree with me on that. Uh, and, and I would definitely love to hear from you. Um, please go to UncommonSensePodcast.com and let's, let's start that conversation. And thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.